Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. From Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn Matthews. Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Vaughn Matthews, the founder and chief resilience officer of Asphalus Advisors. We have an accomplished guest lined up for you today speaking on the topic of birds of a feather and rules and regulations. So let's jump right in and meet our guest, Robbie Adabagi. Robbie, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? About me. So I've been doing business continuity since the mid 80s, before the turn of the century. <laughs> So I've been doing it a little while, so about 35 years. I uh, did it back in the day when it was all about disaster recovery. And really, that's where the industry was born out of. And then seeing how it progressed uh, over the years to include business continuity, crisis management, the corporation of emergency response, and becoming more of a full-fledged program. Wow. So it's, uh, it's really good. So. And so what do you do today? I'm a consultant and uh, work with KPMG great company, been with them about 16 years. I get to travel all over the U.S. and other parts of the world uh, to help uh, clients develop their business continuity programs. Nice. And so where were you before KPMG? Home Depot. Wow. So, yeah, spent 10 years with them in their business continuity, disaster recovery department, and their customer service area. Nice. And so, so if, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. what did you major in in college? Uh, Pre-law. Really? <laughs> yes. I'm one of those that life happened, so, you know, didn't graduate, so. So how do you use that pre-law education? I think logic in a way. Yeah. You know, getting the, the communications with folks and trying to just logically think things through. How did you become a consultant? Because I meet so many people that want that lifestyle, and I think the luxury is you get to work across multiple disciplines. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? So a good friend of mine, Jeff Dato, who I adore, <laughs> He uh, was instrumental in bringing me over. In the beginning, I'd say in the 90s, he asked me to join the firm, KPMG, and I'm like, you know, consultants, you know, I see you have a different life. You're always on the road. I still had a young child at home at the time. I'm like, no, nah, not, not at this time. But he was persistent. I'd say about another four or five years later, he came back and asked again. And um, so I applied and got it. And now I love it so much. Again, 16 years on the road, pretty much. But every place I go, you know, it's a sharing of knowledge and experience. So I go into a place that's eager for the information and I walk away learning something from their environment as well. So it's a win-win. Guys, I have the luxury of sitting in front of Robbie and we are glistening. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are. Because <laughs> we are two women from the South, okay? And we glisten. Yes. Women um, in the South do not sweat. We glisten. <laughs> and we are in Phoenix, Arizona. And Robbie is actually speaking at a number of different times throughout this week's conference, the fall 2019. So can you tell our subscribers and our listeners more about what you're going to be doing here? Sure. So the first one is the DRJ one-on-one. It was uh, uh, recently changed from the optimized session. But it's for folks who are new to the DRJ conference environment giving them highlights of the uh, layout of the, you know, the conference itself, the speakers, the badges, you know, the importance of everything they do at the conference, trying to optimize their experience. 
right after that is the Birds of a Feather session, which I co-facilitate with six other folks who are very experienced in the industry. Many of them are either CBCP certified or Master Business Continuity certified or BCI certified, but many years of experience. And they, how do you say, lead tables and discussions like one would be a healthcare table, We'll have usually two financial tables, you know, based on your industry. We also have a professional table, insurance, retail, entertainment. Uh, but just so folks can come together and uh, kind of fast track their experience in networking with others in their industry. Talk about the challenges that they have and the obstacles that they've come across and overcame. You know, being able to share that information. So we just kind of um, kick off that discussion. At the end of that workshop, people walk away and they've hopefully have uh, developed new friendships and able to see folks in the hallway throughout the conference and know who they are. So it's a good thing. And then uh, we have a uh, rules and regulation session later. Martin Myers and Dave Dunlop and myself, uh, we're co-facilitating a session on rules and regulations, which is really about the various regulations, standards, and guidelines that are related to business continuity globally. So those related to financial, to healthcare, et cetera. So we're going to pick three somewhat standard regulations, NFPA 1600, ISO 22301, and FFIEC, and talk about the highlights and how they would be applied. Just highlighting that that document exists, I think in the uh, DRJ website, it's one of the most popular uh, sites that is sought after. So let's go back to birds of a feather mm -hmm. first, because I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want my feathers. Yes, okay, well, come by, <laughs> come by. We'll do. We do have feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yes. <laughs> we should rename this podcast to Feathers. <laughs> So um, what are some of the common challenges that you hear? Because you, you get the luxury of meeting all types of people at various companies all over the world. What are the challenges? Well, the common ones that we hear is management support, you know, because a lot of folks, they're fighting battles out there. And without that management support, it makes it that much tougher for them. They don't have the resources and the commitment to, to go forward and have a program that they envision. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's, that's one. Then the next item that I commonly see is having that knowledge of really what is a complete program. Uh, some folks, if they don't have the background in business continuity, like they've been voluntold, they don't know what a complete program looks like. They're trying to be educated at the same time of trying to provide a program. Uh, and that makes it a little difficult for them. Mm -hmm. um, wearing the multiple hats yeah. is another thing. You know, before the turn of the century, business continuity really didn't get that much exposure. But, you know, after major events at the turn of the century, people understood more about you know, we're trying to protect the company. We're trying to protect everybody's paychecks. You know, at time of an event, being able to focus on those things that are critical to the survival of the company. Mm -hmm. So you work with KPMG, which is a global brand, mm -hmm. and yet you and, and your customers experience the same challenges as a boutique consulting firm or any other company. Mm -hmm. um, what size companies do you work with? Are you guys working with small businesses, middle market, or 
big business. Well, for KPMG, it's usually middle market and large global organizations, that range. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, we come in and we have a very experienced team to help out, certified, et cetera, and uh, everyone walks away pretty happy in the end. Yeah. And so with the middle market companies, mm -hmm. Do they typically even understand business continuity, resiliency, or is it always educational? Well, I'd say which industry, you know, not so much the size of the company, but the industry. Financial institutions, they're the most mature, so they get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those that are regulated, in most cases, they get it. Uh, utilities, healthcare, et cetera. Uh, those that aren't, the majority of other companies, they're learning. You know, there's lots of great standards out there, guidelines, um, and they need to choose one and follow it. That's the best advice I can give. That gives a roadmap for what you need to have in your program and being able to mature that. Gotcha. And when, when do you typically see that middle market company say, ah, we need to make this investment and do this? What's the threshold that typically happens? We're at the point where, because some of these organizations are regulated, there are guidelines that state whoever you do business with, you need to make sure that they have business continuity programs. And that's pulling in some of these other companies that wasn't exposed to it before. So I think these regulations and standards are helping us bring everybody aboard because really business continuity is something every organization can use, right. small, medium, large. Exactly, because <laughs> who goes into business to actually fail? Right, right. <laughs> right. You're protecting yourself. <laughs> so you said a great point, which can help us segue into the, the other topic of this podcast, rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. Rules are meant to be broken. <laughs> <laughs> Without rules, there's chaos. <laughs> So here's one thing that I wonder, as you think about this conversation that you're going to have with all these standards and, and the rules and regulations that really help set some type of framework and a foundation for us, what's the balance of also, I don't know if questioning is the right word, but questioning regulators? Because I think of things from this perspective. The world is rapidly changing and the way people do business is rapidly changing. So how can we stay relevant, but also give people what they need that are not mundane tasks, but that are always adding continuous value? And so I just you know, wonder, how are you pushing the envelope with those rules and regulations and really helping regulators to rethink? It's a good question. <laughs> what I do, in addition to consulting, is also review programs, organizations, business continuity programs. So whatever standard that they use, we come in and ask for various evidence, et cetera, to make sure that they're doing it. So it's somewhat compliance. Uh, a lot of times regulations are updated when disasters, maybe major disasters occur, and there were lessons learned. And it's something that all organizations in that industry should know. So that's why when those things change, like Appendix J and FFIC in 2015, you know, talking about the cyber element and third-party testing. I see the good side of the regulations being changed, but organizations, you know, I understand that money's tight, resources are tight. To be compliant to these things, you know, time and effort has to be spent. But it's really for the betterment of the organization. Yep, yep. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had a customer or a prospective customer say, yes, I'll, I'll complete all this documentation, right? Because mm -hmm. that just may be how some people view that. But what is it really doing for me? Business continuity without documentation? 
And in an auditor's world, there's no documentation. It doesn't exist. Mm. <laughs> that documentation ha uh, provides evidence that it's being done. Either it's sign-offs or it's procedures or it's logs, but that, that is your evidence that you are doing this. I mean, we, we do see some organizations out there that say, yeah, yeah, we do this, we do this, but industry standard says you really need to be on top of it on an annual basis in most cases. And, you know, it may be three years since they did something last, like a BIA or a risk assessment. And, you know, you get three years or beyond, you might as well start from scratch again because an organization changes. It has reorganizations, mergers, acquisitions, et cetera, you know, changes within the IT environment. So there's a lot within mm -hmm. a three-year gap. If you didn't do one of those elements, it could affect the rest uh, of your program. Yeah. So you, you mentioned an excellent point, which takes me to another question, and you talked about the business changes. Mm -hmm. How do you really help your counterparts and probably some of your customers truly understand the operating model of a business? Because I personally believe that the operating model is a key part of what we do. Mm -hmm. And how do you help folks that you're working with to really understand business? If I understand the question correctly, Business continuity, business resilience, it's all about what keeps the business afloat. Yep. You know, it's the survivability of the organization. It's not business as usual. So what we're trying to do is plan and prepare for and make it an efficient recovery process of what those core business processes are. We don't want to impact our customers, which in turn may impact their customers. We want to understand what is critical and making sure that we have that infrastructure in place to quickly fail over or at least be resilient enough to carry on our critical business processes. Right, right. And so I'm assuming that you factor things in like, well, how do you make money? How do you lose money? You know, what are some of those things that you need to know about the business before you can help them understand resiliency in their business? Well, I guess kind of starting at the beginning, I'm one of those advocates who uh, harp on the importance of a business impact analysis. Uh, it's, it's really vital. Without that, it's always been IT and management doing a thumb range on what they think is important. But the business side of the house, the operations are the front lines. Yep. They know. So when we do interviews with them, we ask, you know, if a disaster were to happen, what are those major impacts to reputation? And many surveys say that's the number one concern by CEOs is that impact to reputation, but also to finance slash revenue, customer service, legal regulatory impacts. Yep. So when we get a feel for, if I'm not operational for a certain period of time, these are gonna be my major impacts. Mm -hmm. You know, somewhat a thumb range of, you know, is it a little impact all the way up to severe? Gotcha. And trying to understand what are those severes and getting the explanations behind it. And then that's what we focus on going forward. Yep. Not gotcha. those things that are needed, but those things that are critical and important. Gotcha. So our conference title is Innovations in Managing Risk and Resiliency. And you, you just you know, talked about the business impact analysis. And in this discipline, there's been a lot of conversation. Yes, healthy I debate. <laughs> I love healthy debate. So um, my question for you is, what's the advantage of the impact analysis? And maybe what's the disadvantage from your perspective? Well, trying to look at both sides, OK? It is a critical piece to the organization. It is foundational input for the plans themselves as well. 
some people who try to get around a BIA and say, oh, well, we ask some of those questions here, we ask some of those questions here, we don't need to spend the time and effort to really focus on that. You don't really get that concentrated information that you can provide to IT that you can, you know, drop into the plans. So I see you have to have that as a concerted effort, you know, spending the time, the workshops, the interviews to collect that information. Because again, you're getting from the front lines what's important. Mm -hmm. And then what are the disadvantages of the BIA? Well, time. Time is one, and, you know, in conducting interviews with some folks who don't have a clear understanding of what they do and what's critical, sometimes it seems a little disorganized in trying to understand what that is, to, to pinpoint it. So from the outside looking in, you know, it looks disorganized. But what we're trying to do is understand what is it that you do? What, what is that criticality? Okay, so that business process, the identification of that takes a little time. Yeah. So, and how do you guys at KPMG? How do you innovate? <laughs> well, we try to mature as much as possible. We try to uh, evolve as the industry evolves, and where possible, look on the horizon. One thing that we're seeing right now is really that strong element of cybersecurity. You know, the term now that's being tossed around is cyber resilience, and it's that marriage of cybersecurity and business resilience making sure that, you know, it is a bigger picture that comes together at time of an event. So what's going to be after resilience? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you know, that resilience, when you think of it, it's that little stress ball, you know, you squeeze it and it bounces back. Yep. That's, we want to be in a position. I mean, traditionally, business continuity was in the 90s, if you're down, it's for days. Now we're getting to the point that it's almost transparent to the end user that we're in a disaster situation because we can fail over. And ideally, that's where we want to be. I think more and more organizations are getting there with the technology that we have. You know, it's becoming more cost-effective. We have cloud, we have co-location sites, et cetera. Awesome. Robbie, you've been amazing. So I have learned that I need feathers. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> and if rules are meant to be broken, then... What did you say earlier? Without rules, it's chaos. Without rules, it's chaos. Let's let's title that the podcast. Without rules, it's chaos. Perfect. We have a title. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So where can our listeners find you? It's kind of a long name, but <laughs> rataggy at kpmg.com. Awesome. And are you on LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn, yes. Twitter. I have an ID, but I've never really used it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And, and I'm just dying to, to know this. What do you do for fun? Well, I do business continuity. I do um, community emergency response team wow. uh, training. So CERT, I'm a professional special trauma makeup artist. Make you look really? like you've got the uh, bruises, the broken arms, the, the zombie look. I can do that as well. Um, wow. The other thing is make Native American uh, dance shawls. So I just got married. I should have came to you to get my makeup done. Is, is that what you're, you're I don't do beauty. <laughs> he might have said no when I came in. <laughs> no, but that's, that's what I do in my spare time. I love to spend time with the family. Love that. Love that. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Subscribe, share, download, and look out for future episodes. Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. 
For more information, visit drj.com slash decoded and asfalasadvisors.com slash decoded. Write to us on Twitter at drdecoded. 